0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning. good morning. Good to see everyone. We are blessed today. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We are going to spend a few minutes this morning um, talking about your strength in Christ your strength in Christ. Father, we thank you, sir. We give you praise and glory and honor, Father. We thank you for your word. It is truly a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path, Father. And this morning we receive the bread of life, Father. We receive revelation knowledge. We receive insight and transformation this morning, Father. We just open ourselves to you and we yield ourselves to your word, Father. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so one of the great things about being in Christ is that there are benefits that come from being in him. We're told in the in the word of God that there are certain things that we have in him. In him, we have wisdom. In him, we have righteousness. In him, we have life, and that life more abundantly. In him, we have... Joy In him we have peace. And one of the in hims that we have is strength. In Christ, you have everything pertaining to life and godliness. And one of those things that pertains to life and godliness is strength. When we talk about strength, we're talking about ability. Where does your strength come from? Where does your ability come from? As a believer... How do you get things done? How do you accomplish things? How do you accomplish extraordinary things? How do you stand strong in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of trials, in the midst of situations, and keep your head up in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials? How do you do that? And it is in the strength that God provides. It's not, it's not in our own personal strength, But it's in the strength that God provides, that we have in Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, we're told that we should be strong in the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord. That means that we should derive our strength from the Lord. We should look at him as our strength. God has not called us to look at our money as our strength. He's not called us to look at our physical ability as our strength. He's not called us to look at our family as our strength. He's not called us to look at drugs as our strength. He's not called us to look, at, look to alcohol as our strength. He's called us to look at Him as our strength. Many times, believers look at so many other things except Him to derive their strength. And we are called to derive our strength from the Lord. Be strong in Him and in the strength of His might. The same power that was exerted when Christ was raised from the dead is the same power that lives on the inside of you. The resurrection power, the resurrection strength of Christ lives on the inside of you. And so in order to walk in the strength that you have in Christ, in order to walk in anything, it all happens the same way. Number one, you have to understand that it's available to you. If you don't understand that it's available to you, you're not going to possess it. So first thing, you have to understand that it's available to you. The second thing is you have to believe and receive. That is how you operate and function in the things of God, how you operate and function in the things of Christ. You understand that it's available to you, and then you believe and you receive. Understand and believe and receive. So this morning, we are opening up our understanding when it comes to the strength that God provides, the strength that we have in Christ. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse 10, we see Paul say, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. I know how to get along with being humble, with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. How many of you know how to live in prosperity? Paul says, I've learned to live in humble means. I've also learned to live in prosperity. I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And here's the thing. Paul says no matter what circumstance I'm in, I can stand strong in the midst of it through the anointed one. Through Christ, I can stand strong in whatever circumstance I'm dealing with. It's not my own strength It's the strength that comes from Christ that I stand in. He says, I've been going through some things when it comes to natural circumstances. I've not had everything materially that I could have. I've been going through some things when it comes to material things. And he tells the church at Philippi that you have revived your concern for me. In other words, they were involved in his material contribution. They were sending things to him. And so he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from lack for I have learned to be content. What does it mean to be content? To be content means to have peace, to have joy, to have strength, to have ability, to be at rest, no matter what the circumstance is. It does not mean that you've accepted your current circumstances as all that God has for you. It means that you are not moved in the midst of what you're dealing with. It means that you can be in the midst of a trial. You can be in the midst of a tribulation and still have joy, still celebrate the victory, still thank God and operate in thanksgiving. He says, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. Most of us, all of us, have dealt with a variety of circumstances as believers. As believers. There are things that may come your way. There are things that do come your way. And we're told that you have to learn to be content. You have to learn to celebrate in the midst of trials in the midst of tribulations. Paul says, I've learned. I've learned. That means learning happens over time. I've learned to be content. I've learned to be in Spanish uh, the word happy is what? Contento. Content. To be to be happy. To be able to celebrate. In whatever circumstances, it, it means it doesn't. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be something physical. It could be something mental. It could be something financial. It could be something as far as family. But he says, "I've learned to be content, to be happy, to be joyful, to be at peace in whatever circumstances I'm in." I know how to get along with humble means. That means that when you are temporarily in between blessings, when the finances are not where they should be at the moment, at the time. That's what he means by humble means. He says, I know how to get along when I'm dealing with financial adversity. He says, I also know how to live in prosperity. I also know how to get along when I have an abundance. And so we see from that that it's not God's will for you to live in lack. Some believers get stuck in the rut of lack. And God tells us you have to learn how to live in prosperity as well. In any, in every circumstance, in any, in every circumstance, I have learned the secret. Again, he says, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned. What are we doing this morning? We are learning the secret of being filled and of going hungry, of being filled and going hungry. Some of you may have gone hungry before. There have been times I've gone hungry where I've not had as much food that I would have liked to have. And he said, I've also been filled before. Circumstances come and go. Circumstances change. The question is, can you stand strong in the midst of the circumstances? And the truth is that you can. You can. He says, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, of having abundance and suffering need. Some people can't operate and function unless everything's going well. Some believers can't celebrate, can't love, can't give, can't serve unless everything is going exactly the way they want it to go. Unless their flesh is happy, they have a hard time functioning as believers. They have a hard time doing the will of God. And God would say to you that he wants you to be able to function and operate and celebrate and rejoice even if things are not going the way they're supposed to be going. Because they are temporary. Circumstances are temporary. And so you have to learn how to function and operate and celebrate the victory even when things are not going the way that you want them to go. Both of having abundance, verse 12, and suffering need. So... Suffering need, going through a trying time, going through bad situations, but also being able to function with abundance. We see in these verses that you have to learn how to live in prosperity. Some believers have a hard time living in prosperity. They don't know how to handle having abundance, they don't know how to handle having money. They get money, they get abundance, and They separate from God. They separate from the will of God for their lives. They separate from the flow and the operation of God. And Paul says, I've learned how to do both. It doesn't doesn't matter. Whether I've got need, whether I have abundance, I'm not going to change. Money is not going to change me. Lack is not going to change me. I'm going to celebrate, do the will of God, and be who God wants me to be regardless of the circumstances. That's what Paul says I've learned to do. And he tells us how he does it. He says, I'm able to handle any circumstance not through my own strength. It doesn't come from my own strength. I can do it Through Christ. I I can handle anything that comes my way through him. He's the one that empowers me. He's the one that allows me to stand strong. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So we have to learn how to rely on him. We have to learn how to trust in him, how to find our strength from him how to look to him for our strength he says i can handle any circumstance any situation because he is strengthening me he is strengthening me second corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 Paul says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Paul said, there was a messenger of Satan who was tormenting, some translations say buffeting him, and he describes it as a thorn in the flesh. He says, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it may leave me. And he has said to me, the Lord has said to me, my grace, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. So Paul is going through something right now. He's dealing with something right now. He's being attacked. And the Lord says to him, my grace. My grace is sufficient. My grace will take care of it. My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. So he associates grace with power. He associates grace with power. Where does your strength come from? Your strength comes from Christ, and it comes from the grace in him, because grace is power. When you are resting in him, when you are relying upon him, you are operating in his grace, and thus you are operating in his power, thus you are operating in his strength. When you are at your weakest point and feel you can't go on, you feel like you're at your wits' end you don't know what to do, you can't pray another prayer, you can't make another declaration, that's when the grace of God is realized by you the most. All right. When you have come to your wit's end and you feel like, I'm not saying you have, but you feel like, sometimes we feel yeah. things. We don't feel good. We don't feel strong. Whenever you feel that way, that's when typically you realize God's grace the most. You don't know, or you didn't know how you were going to get through that. You didn't know how you were going to make it through. You don't know how your head is continuing to stay up. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. The grace of God is the power of God that keeps you in play. It's the strength of God that keeps you up, that keeps you in play. It is God's grace that holds you up and brings you through. That is where your strength comes from. That is where your power comes from. We're told in Romans that we, through an abundance of grace, reign in life through an abundance of grace. So even to reign, as we're supposed to as believers, to reign, to rule, to dominate in the earth, it takes grace. Why? Because grace is power. Grace is ability. And so we have to learn how to trust in, rely upon, and adhere to him. We have to rely upon his grace. When... The mountain seems so big. The tribulation seems so great. The circumstance seems so bad. You don't know how you're going to get through it. You don't know how you're going to make it through. The good news for you this morning is that you will. You will. You can. Because of God's grace. Because of God's power. Because it is him and not you. It is not the physical strength that you can exert but it was the resurrection strength that was exerted when Christ was raised from the dead. That's the power that lives on the inside of you. So you have to understand that, what you're doing now. Then you have to believe and receive. You have to believe and receive. You understand that it is God's grace that is my strength. It is God's grace that is my power. I believe that. I receive it and you watch it operate. You watch it work. We told you a few weeks ago that Christ himself found this in the garden. When he was going through dealing with having to go to the cross. And it was anguish for him. It was hard. It was difficult for him. And we saw an angel come and strengthen him for the task. Even Christ, having dealt with anguish before going to the cross. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way, God. Why? Because this is hard. This is tough. What did he find? he find? He found the strength to go on. And it didn't come from his own physical ability. God sent an angel to minister to him, to care for him. So expect God to do the same for you. You are in him. Expect God to do the same. Expect God to strengthen you for the task. Expect God to strengthen you in the midst of the circumstance. Expect God to strengthen you in the midst of the trial. He said, my grace is sufficient for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about what I'm going through, about what I'm dealing with, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, again, he says it again, I am well content." in the midst of trials, in the midst of weaknesses. He says, I am well-content. He says, I'm joyful. He says, I'm happy. He says, I've got peace. I'm well-content in the midst. Even I'm going through right now, I'm being attacked. I'm well-content. How was he able to do that? The grace is more than enough to empower him to keep his head up, to stand strong, knowing that what he's dealing with is passing. And there's victory that belongs to him. And that grace will allow him to overcome that, to walk in victory. Grace will empower you to walk in victory, to walk in the victory that God has given you. Grace will empower you to do that. It won't be your own physical strength. It will be the grace of God. You'll see the you'll see the rest that comes when you say, "Lord, I quit relying on physical ability. I quit relying upon what I can do in my own strength. I quit relying on that, and I rely on You. I rely on You." to cause me to triumph over this. Your grace. Father, I just just believe and I receive. I believe and I receive. I understand that in Christ I have strength. In him I have strength. So I believe and I receive your strength. And I know that you are going to cause me to overcome this circumstance. You're going to cause me to overcome this situation. So celebrate this morning. You can be well-content in the midst of the circumstance. He says, I've learned to celebrate. I've learned to be content. Content doesn't mean that you've accepted defeat or that you've accepted the circumstances as is. It means that you're able to rejoice and celebrate in the midst of the circumstances. Christ is your strength. 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 1. You, therefore, my son, be strong in what? Yeah, there it is again. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Where does that strength come from? it comes from his grace god's grace is his unmerited favor it is his power his ability his gifting on you any gift that we operate in it's by his grace we're going to take a look at that in a minute but it is it is his ability operating in and through I me mean, is that anointing that flows that allows the yoke to be destroyed and the burden to be removed. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. Where should your strength come from? It should come from the grace of God. Don't boast in what you can do. Don't boast in what you've done. Don't boast in what you've accomplished. Boast in what God has accomplished through you. Boast in what God has done through you. Boast in what God has done. Find your strength from his grace. Don't look to natural things to be your strength. Look to Christ to be your strength. First Peter, chapter four, verse 10. As each one has received a special gift employ it in serving one another as good stewards of what? The manifold grace grace of God. Here it is again. Serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whatever gift that you have, it is by the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, verse 11, is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength. Serving by what? Serving by the strength which God provides. Who provides the strength? God provides the strength. So that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. See, when you don't allow God to be your strength, God to be your ability, God can't be glorified. Something else gets glorified. Money gets glorified. Um, People you know get glorified because of the connections you have. Um, The healthcare system gets glorified. Um, Your inheritance from... Uncle whoever gets glorified. People look to so many other things for their strength. But when you allow Christ to be your strength, when you allow God to be your strength, so that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. When you allow him to be your strength, God gets the glory. God gets the glory. And here's your testimony that I went through it. And I came out on the other side. But in the midst of it, I celebrated. In the midst of it, I was able to. You know, the Bible says we're hard pressed on every side, but not cast down. We've got so many things that could be coming against us, but we're not destroyed. I went through it, I was going through it, I was hard pressed on every side and I was still standing and in the midst of that I found and I was taught that I should not rely on my own strength but that I should rely on the strength that God provides I should rely upon the strength that I have available in him because of the covenant So many great blessings we have in our covenant. We started out by saying you have wisdom. You have ability. You have abundance. You have life. Strength is a part of your new covenant. I can do. I can handle all things through Christ who strengthens me. You don't know how you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it through Christ. You're going to get through it looking at him. You're going to get through it looking at him high and lifted up. He has been exalted. He sits at the right hand of the father. And as he is currently, we are in the earth as he is right now. He is seated far above all principality, far above all power, far above every circumstance. That's how you have to see yourself seated. Because you are seated with him, with him and in him. Back to Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Who does the armor belong to? Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand, resist and withstand in the evil day. Brian, what is the evil day? The evil day is any time anything comes against you. Put on the full armor of God. Take it up. Having done everything to stand firm. When you put on, or when you allow yourself to be clothed with God's armor, you can stand. You can stand firm. People ask you, why is that not bothering you more than what it is? You know, I know you're dealing with this. Tell me about all of your pain. Because I know you're struggling with it. So, so tell me, I know it's hard for you, sister. I know, and I know it is, so I know you've got to be hurting. How is it that you're able to stand firm? Because I don't stand in my own strength. I stand in the grace and the strength and the armor that God has provided through Christ. I stand in him. That's for everything. I don't stand in my my own righteousness. I stand in the righteousness that God has provided through Christ. So we're to put on the full armor of God. Having girded your loins with truth. We have the truth. A lot of the parts of the armor you're going to see we already have, we're already walking in. Truth. We've got the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth that we have is armor. Celebrate that. Receive that. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate covers the vital organs. You need to make sure that you find your righteousness in Christ, not in your own deeds. That is a breast, a breastplate. Why? Because Satan is going to try to, one of Satan's chiefs and chief names is the accuser of the brethren. And so he's going to try to convince you that you're not righteous. So you have to allow his righteousness to be your breastplate. The reason that you need to gird your loins with truth is because Satan's going to come with a lie. And so when, you have the, when you're walking in the truth of what God said, what did God say? Then you are able to thwart the attack of the enemy because of the truth you have in your heart. That's why you want to make sure that you regularly come and you're hearing the word, that you're regularly opening your Bible and meditating the word. You want the truth to dwell within you richly so that anytime time a lie comes, that truth causes you to thwart That attack, that righteousness, knowing that you stand firm in his righteousness, protects you and keeps you. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, ready to minister to others to thwart the attack in their life. Your feet shod with the gospel of peace. Not the gospel of condemnation, but the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Faith will allow you to quench any arrow the devil throws at you, any arrow that's lobbed at you. Faith, staying one with what God said. Staying one with it is written saying, Father, I trust you. I choose to trust you in this situation. I'm not going to be moved by what my circumstances say. When I am in faith, those fiery darts, it does not say that the fiery darts will not be shot. They will be shot from time to time. But if they're of no effect, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and you will be in a position where you're able to show it to be in the wrong because it's your heritage it's a part of to part, part of your covenant so he didn't say that the fiery darts won't be shot he said that you will be able to quench them when they are if you operate in faith why do we teach God's people faith because faith quenches the fiery darts Standing and remaining, Brian, what is, what is faith? Well, there's a lot of things we can use to describe faith. But faith is being one with it is written. Faith is being one with what, with what God said. Quenching the fiery darts of the evil one. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation... And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer. So we've got six things here. We've got truth. We've got righteousness. We've got the gospel of peace. We've got faith. We've got salvation. And we've got prayer. Here in this letter to the church at Rome... Paul describes the armor in these six things. Now, I isolated this letter because in other letters, you'll see Paul refer to some of these th- same things in different ways. But in this context, he describes six, six things that constitute the armor of God and that we should operate and walk in these things. Truth, righteousness, not your own righteousness, righteousness but the righteousness that god has provided through christ the gospel of peace faith salvation and prayer there is strength in prayer jesus told his disciples pray so that you don't enter into temptation when you pray you create an atmosphere when you pray you get you allow your heart and your mind to focus on god's presence to shut down and quiet down all the noise of the world system, and allow what's already on the inside of you to take ascendancy, and to connect with who God is, and there is manifested strength that comes in prayer. Prayer is a part of your relationship with God. It's a part of you walking in your relationship with God. Prayer accomplishes things. Prayer allows things to get done in the earth. Jesus also told his disciples, pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, there are certain things God's wanting to get done in the earth. And many times those things are facilitated through prayer. So we're told that we should pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that you pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every second of every minute of every hour. It means that you don't stop a prayer life. You continue to pray. You always pray. Why? Because prayer allows you to focus your attention on where it should be focused. And it allows God to to execute what he's wanting to execute in the earth. So you pray when the Spirit of God directs you to pray. You pray what the Spirit of God directs you to pray. Brian, I'm going through something. Should I pray? Well, if that's the way you ask the question, then I'm going to say no. Because you're in panic. And your prayer should be conducted in faith. So Make the attitude adjustment, get out of panic, get into faith, and pray. The Spirit of God may say, just stand and watch. Celebrate. Watch me win the victory on your behalf. But no matter what it is, it is all the armor of God. It all belongs to him. It is all from his strength. In his ability. So the word to you today is be strong in the Lord. The emphasis, the emphasis is on in the Lord. Don't be strong in your own strength. Don't rely upon, well, I got a good family. So I feel good about my life because I got a good family. I feel I got a, I got a, I got a lot of money. And, um, I feel strong about my life because... Now, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with having a good, a good, a good family. I have a, I have a great family, a blessed family. But, uh, you know, some people rely upon their family to get them through. Uncle so-and-so got a lot of money. So I know I just call him and, you know, he'll take, he'll take care of it. Um, uh, my family has a trust fund. You know, uh, so, you know, I'm, I, I know, I know I'm always taken care of. Some people find their confidence... From that, well, I got a good job, so you know I feel I feel I'm, I'm I'm strong because I've got a good job. Well, see, I got these I got these I got these drugs here, and because I have these drugs, I feel I feel I feel good. I feel I, I feel strong. I find my strength in these drugs that I have. Uh, I got I got alcohol. Alcohol will give me the peace that I'm looking for. And, and, you know, I feel I feel strong because of that. No. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. No matter what you're going through. This morning today, no matter what you're dealing with as a believer, you have a strength, you have strength in Christ. As a believer, the grace of God is upon you. The message to you today is to celebrate, rejoice, be happy, be content. How are you going to get through it? The grace of God is going to navigate you through it. How are you going to get through it? The grace of God is going to hold you up firm in his power. How are you going to get through it? The grace of God is going to allow you to turn your head up and keep your head up strong. And when you fold your arms like this, you won't fold them in pride. You won't fold them in arrogance. You will fold them because you've learned the secret of how to get along, whether it's good circumstances or bad circumstances. You will hold your head up and stand up tall and arch your back, fold your hands and say, it's by the grace of God. When people ask you, how? How? I saw what you were up against. I saw what you went through. You won't say, my money. You won't say my family. You won't say my medicine. You won't say my workout routine. You won't say my diet. You will say my God. My God gets me through. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with any of those things that I just mentioned. But don't allow them to be your source. Allow them to be a vehicle and a vessel that God uses to minister to you and to help you. But make sure that your attention, your focus, your exaltation... Is on him, and that he is your source and your testimony. is always, my God is the one that got me through. My God is the one that's strengthening me right now to keep my head up, to stand strong. He is the one that's giving me the victory over this situation, over this circumstance right now. And by His grace, I will rest. I will have peace. I will. Jo- I will have joy. I will celebrate the victory. You may not feel like praying. You may not feel like making another declaration. You may not feel like taking another step. But at that moment where you feel the weakest, know, understand, find content and joy in the fact that at that point of weakness, the grace of God is more than enough to keep you in play, to keep you walking, and you will experience and find his strength in those very, very hard times. Praise God. Well, stand with me. Father, we thank you, sir, for your strength and your ability. Father, even as we physically stand right now, we'll use that as a metaphor, but we don't stand in our own ability. We stand in your grace. We stand in your power, Father, and we acknowledge that this morning, Father. This morning, we receive afresh and anew your strength. We choose to exalt you and look to Jesus. Look to Christ, and we choose to be strong in him and find our strength in your grace. Father, any situation, any circumstance that is not of you, that anyone in this room or under the sound of my voice is dealing with, I curse and cast down and call it null of and void of effect and declare and decree that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, Father. You give them victory over it, for, over it, Father. You call them to triumph in it, Father. And it's all done by your grace, and by your power. And in, in advance, because we expect it, we declare and decree that the testimony will be that my God, my God is the one who empowered me and strengthened me to overcome and to walk in triumph. Father, we thank you for it. We call it done, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, we're done. You are free to go.